morning. Welcome, guests, visitors, members, friends, and family. Got a little competition this morning. We appreciate having you join us for worship today at our drive-in service. Hopefully your radios are turned to 90.3 FM. Here, right here, babe. You need it more? Uh, our service is going to be a little bit different this morning. Uh, pastor is out of town doing a wedding. And so you get me this morning until it's time for the message. And then he has recorded that, and you'll hear his voice for our message. If you have any announcements, please let me know. Our ice, second ice cream social is this Thursday. If you can help, and I have not already cornered you to help, please get with me by Tuesday or Linda. Also, our workers need to be here at 4.30 Thursday evening, please. Our ice cream social for August 13 has been canceled. We decided that with the rummage sale, that was just too much to do in one week. So we have rescheduled for an ice cream social in September. So more information will be coming on that. It's not in your bulletin, but we are going to do a noisy coin offering this morning. It is the second Sunday of the month. So between our first two scriptures, we'll have a couple runners bring coins around. If you have some money you want to put in, just reach your hand out your window and we'll try to come by. Bottle returns. We are still accepting pop and cans, pop bottles and cans, beer, whatever you've got. Um, at this point, we think we've collected over $500 already just in the bottle and can returns. So keep them coming. You can either drop them here at the church or Rick will come pick them up. Our rummage sale is scheduled for the 14th and 15th of August. We'll start working on that on the 9th. So if you have some treasures you want to donate, get with Linda or I and we'll make arrangements for that. Any other announcements? All right, let's go to worship. Please join me in our call to worship this morning. God is our refuge and our strength, our present help in tribulation. Even when the mountains fall and tumble into the sea, even when the earth shakes, we have to sing. We all have to sing. Exalt God among all nations. Praise, Praise God. God. Our first hymn is uh, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee, and it should be attached to your bulletin. Oh 
before we go to prayer next week we're going to try to do children's talk during the service so if families would bring a blanket we'll invite the children up sit on their blanket here in front of pastor and he'll do his children's talk please join me in the opening prayer faithful God through rain and thunder you are with your people even when we turn our backs on you your patience and tolerance abound and you give us a new start time and time again. Thank you for pouring your grace over us through Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Our first scripture reading is taken from Psalm 31, verses 1 through 16, NRSV version. Prayer and praise for deliverance from enemies to the leader, a Psalm of David. In you, O Lord, I seek refuge. Do not let me ever be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. You are indeed my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Take me out of the net that is hidden for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. You hate those who pay regard to worthless idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will exalt and rejoice in your steadfast love. Because you have seen my affliction, you have taken heed of my adversaries and have not delivered me into the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet in a broad place. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye wastes away from grief, my soul and body also. For my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my misery and my bones waste away. 
I am the scorn of all my adversaries, a horror to my neighbors, an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me. I have passed out of, my, out of mine like one who is dead vessel, for I hear the whispering of many, terror all around, as they scheme together against me, as they plot to take my life. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and persecutors. Let your face shine upon your servant and save me in your steadfast love. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Get your coins ready, please.
please join me in prayer while Sandy finishes up our collection? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the loose change and the green bills. May it be a um, method for us making change in our local society and in the community as a whole. Amen. Our second scripture this morning is taken from 1 Peter 2, verses 4 through 8. Come to him a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight, and like living stones, let yourself be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer excuse me, offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture, see, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. To you then who believe, he is precious, but for those who do not believe, the stone that builders rejected has become the very head of the corner and a stone that makes them stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We come to the time in our service where we invite you to prayer. We'll take a few moments of silent prayer. I haven't received any uh, prayer requests. So let's go to prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, first in thanksgiving. We thank you for waking us up and giving us another chance this morning, this day, to do it right. We thank you for the opportunity to gather together as a church family. We thank you for the beautiful day that you've given us. Lord, we also thank you for being there when times are tough. We know, Lord, that all things are possible if we have you on our side. And we thank you for that. We also thank you, Lord, for the prayer that your son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. As we, our sin, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Our second hymn is How Firm a Foundation, also attached in your bulletin. Our second scripture reading for this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You would please join me again in an attitude of prayer. Everlasting God, you and you alone are the solid rock on which we stand. 
You are the rock that gives us shelter in the storms of life. You are the cornerstone of creation. Your love and grace are the foundation for our lives and salvation. And now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together in this time, be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, this morning, we are continuing in our current sermon series for July, titled, Hello, My Name Is... Through these four weeks of July, I'm going to be preaching on some of my favorite passages from Scripture. And it's my hope that by doing this, it'll help you to get to know me a little bit more, how I understand faith, love, God, and humanity's relationship with God and one another, especially given some of the social distancing practices we have to have in place right now. Last week, I preached about forgiveness, both of one another and of ourselves. Today's message is titled, Just Pebbles and Sand. Now, for as long as I can remember, I have loved and collected rocks, all kinds of rocks, small ones, big ones, pretty much anything I could fit in my pockets usually. Um, I especially loved hunting for rocks near beaches because it was always there I would find some absolutely beautiful stones that had become smooth after years of being tumbled in the waves and the sand. Around the time I turned 12, my mom enrolled me in a class to our local park district that taught people how to cut and polish semi-precious stones. And I loved it. I got to work with some awesome and amazing stones like onyx, agate, tiger's eye, and one of my all-time favorites, obsidian. Needless to say, my love of rocks has only grown over time, and I keep them close to my heart. Literally. I have several crosses that hold pieces of agate and other stones that I cut years ago and then placed into those crosses. So when I think of the many analogies that we tend to assign to God, I am pretty sure you can guess which one might be one of my favorites. God is our rock. In our first reading from the Epistle of Peter, we find the author telling the churches to whom the epistle is written about Jesus using the metaphor of a living rock and a cornerstone. Come to him a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And see, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So why a cornerstone? What's the big deal with that? Well, in ancient building practices of that time, the cornerstone was the principal stone placed at the corner of the edifice of the building. The cornerstone was typically one of the largest, most solid, most carefully constructed stone of any used in the entire structure. So using this analogy of a cornerstone was done to help people understand that Jesus needed to be at the very core of their lives and his teachings at the center of how they live. In our scripture reading today from the Gospel of Matthew, we find Jesus delivering the Sermon on the Mount. And we hear Jesus as he is teaching the crowds that have gathered along the hillside. Now, just like many of the lessons that Jesus taught, there is good news and kind of bad news that he offers. 
In this case, the bad news is for those who do not obey the words and lessons that he is offering. Jesus compares that situation of such a person who does not obey the words and the lessons that he offers to that of someone who has built his house on sand. Now, something really important to know in this situation is that even though storms in the area of Palestine where the people were listening to Jesus were kind of infrequent, when they did happen, they could be exceptionally violent. Have you ever made a sandcastle at the beach? Ever made it a little too close to the water? Then a big wave comes and yeah, you get the picture. Now imagine building a house on the beach in Florida during hurricane season. Not probably the best idea, am I right? That structure would be done in a matter of minutes if the storm were to hit. If you've ever seen the videos on the news and online of some of the storms that they get down there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's not very safe or sound. It's kind of a scary visualization in a way when you think about it as if it's your home that is being destroyed. But was Jesus just talking about sand in the literal sense? In truth, the sand is a metaphor for the teachings and practices of humanity. The sand is when we worry more about things like how perfect our holiday table looks than enjoying the time with our family and friends and the blessings that we have been given. The sand is when we focus more on obtaining the luxuries of this world for ourselves than on helping those who cannot even put enough food on the table or even find suitable shelter. The more I think about it, the sand that Jesus speaks of is not just a poor foundation for building a shelter. It almost sounds to me like a pool of quicksand that drags us down and suffocates us. It is the trappings of a world that does not lead with love as Jesus did, but instead is inwardly focused and it centers its attention on gaining only for the individual. But all is not lost or doom and gloom. Prior to this terrifying warning of losing stability and being washed away in the storms of life, Jesus offers us the good news, the hope that he brings. He tells the crowd, so then anyone who hears these words of mine and obeys them is like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain poured down, the rivers flooded over, and the wind blew hard against that house. But it did not fall because it was built on rock. And he's just not talking about any old rock here. No, he's talking about himself. He's talking about God. He's talking about the solid foundation of faith and love that can only be found through his saving death and resurrection. He is talking about being a place of safety and strength for us always, no matter how bad the storms that we encounter in our lives. Even in those darkest, most frightening moments, Jesus is always our rock, and he always will be. He is the rock that stands tall above the sand. The teachings and love of Jesus is the foundation that we should build our lives upon, our love upon, and our faith upon. Jesus is the surface that does not crack, does not wash away, does not shatter, no matter how bad or violent the storm may be. He is everlasting to everlasting and will always be our strong foundation. 
It's interesting that Jesus would choose to end his sermon or this section of teachings he was giving in this way. He could have simply said that people need to follow his teachings because that was what God wanted. But rather, he uses this really powerful metaphor about foundations of homes and storms. He knew in that time and place that using that metaphor would connect with that group of people so much more. They would not only understand him, but they'd be able to, be able to understand his words within their own context. Speaking in this way, Jesus shows his authority in what he says and how he says it. I was once asked by a child in one of my previous congregations, what kind of rock do you think Jesus would be? And I thought about this question for some time. And I went through many options in my head, trying to think of what would be the perfect answer. Would Jesus be a diamond? one of the most beautiful stones known to mankind. I could make that argument when we consider that diamonds are also used in tools and other technologies, not just jewelry. Diamonds help play many roles in our world, and unfortunately, just like the Christian faith, have been at the center of a great deal of bloodshed and fighting. So maybe diamond isn't the best comparison. Maybe emerald or ruby or topaz. Or what about opal or amethyst, even sapphire? No, I think while those two are all potential candidates, there is instead maybe one rock that fits a perfect metaphor for Jesus. And at least for me, that would be a geode. Well, let's look at this a little bit closer. On the outside, a geode can look just like any old rock. Nothing special or anything to get too excited about to the untrained eye. Very often you can walk right by them and not even realize it. Experienced geode hunters know certain signs to look for, but most people just see a rock sitting in the dirt or off in a field somewhere. But when you open it up, you are exposed to some of the most beautiful crystal formations and colors ever seen. The bands of colors, the different layers that are formed, and the thousands upon thousands of crystals that sparkle so wonderfully when the light hits them exactly right. So just how does Jesus match up to a geode, you might be thinking. Well, let's start with the ordinary outside. On the outside of a geode, you tend to have just this plain old-looking rock. On the outside of Jesus showed his humanity. And to many people, those who hadn't heard him speak or gotten close up or really even spoken with him, he probably just looked like any other person of the day except probably for when there were crowds of people following. But on the inside of a geode, we find those beautiful crystals. And on the inside of Jesus, we find his divinity and his love and his power. When Jesus opened his mouth and spoke, he shared what was inside him, a beautiful and unconditional love for humanity and for all the world. But there's more. If we remember that we are made in God's image, then are we, too, like geodes? I would say yes, but maybe in a slightly different way than Jesus is. Well, on the outside, we may seem just like ordinary humans, just like Jesus may have appeared to some. We, too, hold something special inside. But while Jesus held within him his divinity, and that he was part of the triune God, we hold something else. And that something is God's love. We are God's children, 
We are loved by God and through the power of the Holy Spirit. We come to know God and God's love. And when that happens, we also hold God's love inside of us to share with all the world. When we live as Jesus lived and love each other like Jesus loved all of us, it is then that our beautiful insides sparkle and shine for all the world to see God's love. As I close this message this morning, I'd like to share a story with you. It is one that I have heard many times over my life with subtle variations from time to time. It's one that holds a great deal of meaning for me, and I even have a small poster of it that I keep at home in a frame. It is my hope that in this story, you too will find something and something of meaning and take away something for your own life. So a professor of philosophy stood before his class with some items in front of him. When the class began, wordlessly, he picked up a large empty mayonnaise jar and proceeded to fill it with rocks about two inches in diameter. He then asked the students if the jar was full. They agreed it was. So the professor then picked up a box of pebbles and poured them into the jar. He shook the jar lightly and watched as the pebbles rolled in the open areas between the rocks. The professor then asked the students again if the jar was full. They chuckled and agreed that it was indeed full this time. The professor then picked up a box of sand and poured it into the jar. The sand filled the remaining open areas in the jar. Now, said the professor, I want you to recognize that this jar signifies your life. The rocks are the truly important things, such as God and faith, family and friends, health and relationships. If all else was lost and only the rocks remained, your life would still be meaningful. The pebbles are the other things that matter in your life, such as work or school. And the sand signifies the remaining small stuff and material possessions. If you put the sand in first, there is no room for the rocks or the pebbles in your jar. The same can be applied to your lives. If you spend all your time and energy on the small stuff, you'll never have room for the things that are truly important. Pay attention to the things in life that are critical to your happiness and well-being. Take time to get medical checkups. Play with your children. Go for a run. Write your grandmother a letter. There will always be time to go to work clean the house, or fix the disposal. Take care of the rocks first, the things that really matter. Set your priorities. The rest is just pebbles and sand. Let us never build upon the sand, but always and everywhere upon the eternal rock, Jesus Christ. May we always place our foundations on his love and grace. Amen. Please join me in the affirmation of faith, the Apostles' Creed, the ecumenical version. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven 
is seated at the right hand of the Father and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Catholic, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. invites us to live in gratitude by offering what God has already given to us. Uh, Richard and Shirley have agreed to bring the offering box and bucket around, so if you have anything, please reach out your window so they can see you. Thank you. you been to Jesus for his cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in his graces? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you washed in the blood? Cleansing blood of the Lamb. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away to a home on God's celestial shore. I'll fly away. By and by, I'll buy
Amen. Thank you, Kim. I think that was a hit. Please join me in the prayer of thanksgiving. Here are the gifts that you have given us, O oh God, to build up your will in this community and in the world. Bless us with wisdom and with courage to use this offering to spread the good news of your salvation. In the name of the triune God, we pray. Amen. Our closing hymn is, Lord, dismiss us with thy blessing. blowing go out even if the rain threatens do not be ashamed go out and build upon the rock that is Christ and rest assured that God's grace will be with you now and forevermore may God our parent be your refuge and strength may Jesus Christ be your firm foundation and may the Holy Spirit be your power and your salvation so that everything you say and do proclaims the gospel Amen. Go in peace. Thank you for joining us this morning. And please for, don't forget as you leave today, the cars that are on the outside, uh, please leave first and watch behind you and side by side so we don't have any fender benders as you leave today. And also, uh, Sheila needs people to sign up. Uh, for the ice cream social on Thursday, whether it's set up or tear down or helping out during the event. So please see Sheila before you leave today and sign up to help out if you can. Thank you very much. Have a great day.